Welcome to Apologetics Live. We're here to answer your questions and challenges about God and the Bible. Meet your hosts from Striving for Eternity Ministries, Andrew Rappaport, Dr. Anthony Silvestro, and Pastor Justin Pierce. Welcome to Apologetics Live. We're here to answer your questions and challenges about God and the Bible. Meet your hosts from Striving for Eternity Ministries, Andrew Rappaport, Dr. Anthony Silvestro, and Pastor Justin Pierce. All right, we're live, not on location. (laughs) And we had a loop. I didn't realize what was happening there. The intro was twice. So I guess it was so good you had to hear it again. So uh, we are live. I am not uh, still traveling, so not home yet. I'm uh, actually out in Florida at my my dad's house and still wanted to make sure that we did a show for you guys and not to um, not to miss an episode if we couldn't do it. So we're we wanted to make sure we did that. So welcome to Apologetics Live. We will answer any questions tonight. This is an open Q&A. So any questions you have about God and the Bible, we can answer. Just remember, I don't know is a perfectly good answer. Uh, I'm hoping we're going to have a, a, a guest come in and we can, we're going to have some fun if he does, having some chats. Let me, first off, uh, uh, let me correct this. Kyle says, greetings, Dr. Andrew. Uh, I'm not Dr. Andrew. Uh, Pastor Andrew, maybe, but that's Dr. Anthony. You can call him doctor. Uh, but I, I think we have to find an honorary doctorate for you. <laughs> some, some online school. I'm going to buy it for you, and we can start calling you Dr. Andrew. I mean, it's no different than Dr. Ravi Zacharias or you yeah, know, other. Well, you know, we did, we did an episode so. on that about how, you know, Folks, if you go back and search the episode we did on Ravi Zacharias, one of the criticisms I had about Ravi, this is way back, was the fact that he claimed he had a doctorate from a university that denies that he ever attended classes. Oops. Um, Okay, so Bill is asking this right off the bat. Uh, Andrew, did I miss the memo on the head shaving? Um, he got the Sylvester disease. <laughs> no, no. Let's let's be honest. Let, let, let me. Can we say what the reason is? I, I don't can, care. It doesn't matter. I can me. say what my reason is. The, the, the same reason. So so Anthony and I are both. Well, okay. We're both. Well, I'm getting older. Maybe not him, but <laughs> the uh, but we we're we're working on a, a a thing that and Anthony could tell you the things to do with the rosemary and whatnot to help hair growth. And so part of the thing is you got to kind of shave your your head to get the 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 sermon this whatever it is you put on to get you have to cut your hair really short so you can get access to the scalp really well and uh, yeah (laughs) actually we're we're just trying to look like Drew Van Nita is that that's really what it is right yeah here's here's Drew saying that was not Drew. Drew, what is Drew saying? He's saying uh, he can he can do I, I could do a school of divinity class in uh, his in laws did they got a doctorate and all you had to do is fill out the blanks in a notebook. Wow. Okay, so yeah, that's not really a doctorate. <laughs> 
All right, so tonight is an open Q&A. We want to encourage folks to go to apologeticslive.com, apologeticslive.com. Go there, and when you go there, you will see a link that will... Um, it's a it's the duck icon is what it is, but that is the StreamYard icon to to be able to join us. We'd like you to join us so that we can hear what your questions are. Um, and so um, I'll, I'll keep an eye out here if there's any questions in the chat. But one of the things I, I do want to do. So, Anthony, let's just talk about uh, something to get started. And, and I may, we didn't prep for this. We're going to do a different show, but we'll, you were on uh, Iron Sharpens Iron today with Chris Arnzen talking about, well, you talked about a whole lot of issues. I mean, we were talking uh, masks, uh, COVID, government shutdowns, vaccines, a whole lot of things. Uh, we do plan to do a show at some point. I sent you an article the Dilemma of the Unvaccinated. It's You can see it on Epoch Times, folks, if you want to go check that out. But basically, it was basically like, here's the summarization of that article that we'll do. We'll do a whole show on this at some point and, and dissect it. But the whole the whole article basically is um, those that forced people to get vaccinated are saying, uh, OK, vaccines don't work. Get over it. <laughs> yeah, we took your livelihood. We took <laughs> we, we we took your freedoms. We we took everything we could because you didn't obey us, and the science doesn't support us. Just get over it. <laughs> and that would we jacked you up with a bunch of poisons that you can never get rid of completely out of your system. Yeah, here's, yeah. Here's, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, and I don't know how to pronounce this, Jeffy Jeffy maybe. I don't know if the SC is pronounced, but it says God gives natural immunity. Yeah, that's that's the uh, the, the point of it. Just do what you know. Anthony explained. If you go and listen to the to that show of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, you'll you'll hear Anthony give a whole list of things like here's what you could do naturally. So, yeah, that, that's right. And, and they and there's actually science behind what you can do naturally, um, unlike all the treatments that the medical profession was doing and the vaccines. So, um, and, and kind of on that thread, I saw earlier, um, it's somebody okay. just took a, a COVID test. I'm trying to find it now. Okay. Oh, bond Wait. servant for Jesus says, I'm doing a COVID test, pray for, pray for it to be negative. Well, we'll pray for it to be negative. If it isn't, let me tell you what, what to do. What should is, they do? Yes, what should they do? We talked about this on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio today. And, uh, it is 100,000 IUs of vitamin D, and you're going to split it up twice, you know, morning and night, 50,000 morning, 50,000 night. It seems like it's a lot, and it's a ton, but uh, you need to do that. There's 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C every hour. You need to do zinc, 50 milligrams morning, 50 milligrams night, and then quercetin, depending on the study, either 250 or 500, I believe 500 is better, 500 milligrams of quercetin in the morning and night at the same time that the zinc is taken because it, it's what helps uh, drive the zinc into the cells. And uh, that is a minimum of what you should do vitamin wise. There's also articles you can read out there on nebulizers and how you use either peroxide and saline or iodine and saline or peroxide and iodine in saline in your nebulizer and start breathing that in through your nose and through your mouth, deep in your lungs to kill off any virus that's in there. So okay, please so do someone, that and uh, get yourself out of being sick. 
Someone's asking a question. What about ivermectin? Isn't that horse yeah. medicine? Yeah, it's, it's horse dewormer. What do you want that for? I mean, you know, <laughs> it, I, I'll tell you one of the dumbest. Now, I, okay, there's there's a lot of dumb things we've heard in three in the last three years, right? That that is really mind numbing, and one of them is when they were calling ivermectin a horse dewormer. <laughs> So does that mean that every prescription medication we give to an animal is all of a sudden evil for humans? Oh, guess what? These were all used in humans first and then given to animals. Amoxicillin. Is amoxicillin a horse antibiotic or a dog antibiotic? Because, you know, we use it on animals too. It's, it's, it, is, it is really, really dumb. Ivermectin has been used for, oh, I don't know, 70 or 80 years, something like that, maybe a little less than that, on human beings. Yes, if you can get your hands on an ivermectin prescription, do it. It is it is worth it. But you got to talk to a doctor, make sure you have the correct dosage for your body weight. And it's actually advised now not to take ivermectin the moment you get sick. You to, you're to take vitamins first. If you can take hydroxychloroquine, if you get a prescription for that, that's what you take in the first couple of days. You don't take, take ivermectin until day four or day five. They, they've shown it to be much more effective um, later on after you've put a ton of vitamins in your system first. So, and I know for us, we keep ivermectin on hand just in case, even though um, we've each had COVID twice, my wife, son, and I, um, it wasn't bad the first time, it was even less the second time. And because we have not had the jab, uh, chances are um, for us, COVID's kind of burned out and and I'm not really worried about any future iterations of it. Yeah, I, so so here's some, some comments we have coming in. Um, Facebook user says, if I do the natural thing, am I going to go bald like you guys? Actually, if I would have done the natural thing earlier, I probably wouldn't be bald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, in, you line know with, here, in line yeah, with that, uh, D says, God knows every hair on your head, so no worries. <laughs> so so what you're saying is he knows us less than other people with a full head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, there's there's less for him to know uh, with us. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and so let me correct this. So, so um, and this threw me off because it's a new last name, Lorraine. Uh, this is this is someone who interviewed me for the radio when I was out in the Philippines, but she recently got married. Congratulations. And so the last name threw me off. But she says, hello, pastors. Greetings from the Philippines. Good to see you both on another live convo. Uh, hope uh, hope uh, have not been around to tune in lately. Well, yeah, you just got married. That's why you're not around. But but now I get to correct. He's not a pastor. He's a doctor. So let's let, we gotta get yeah. these titles right. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't get the pastor title. Yeah. I don't even play one on TV. <laughs> All right. So we, we have a, a question. In the, do you want to say anything more about uh, the, the topic we were just on? No. That, I mean, that's essentially it right now. You know, I know we talked for... Um, for the entirety of the two-hour show, uh, we we covered a lot of the bases on this stuff. But that's pretty that's pretty the basic stuff for if you have COVID or if you're worried about COVID or if you want to prevent COVID. Yeah, and so so we have someone. Uh, let's see, Cody is saying dentists are not doctors. Hmm. We're not medical doctors. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the thing is, is that you don't have to be a medical doctor in all seriousness, right? You don't need to be a medical doctor to to know what other naturopaths and other doctors are saying in regards to COVID. Um, very similar to you don't need to be a biologist to know what a woman is. <laughs> although, yeah. although they should know what a woman is, right? I mean, God has made it natural for us to know what a woman and a man is um, pretty, pretty easily. 
um, biology certainly helps that stuff. But uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So let me, my, my son-in-law actually just sent me a text and uh, I was going to mention this and now would probably be a good time since I remembered it. Um, for those of you who support Striving Fraternity by using smile.amazon.com, that for years we we got a lot of money through that. People who would just buy things on Amazon using uh, smile.amazon.com and they would choose Striving Fraternity as their organization. And we would get half a percent of whatever they they bought. Uh, Amazon sent us an, uh, an email today letting us know they're cutting us off along with many other nonprofits. They're changing the way they're doing now. When you read what they say, it's quite interesting because they say that they've realized they're more effective in focusing their efforts on specific uh, nonprofits, those that are building homes in third world countries or, or doing things, by the way, the things they chose were all in the political realm, uh, helping to push the political agenda. But the thing that's, that they're cutting out is many of, the, of those that are like us for religious purposes. So if you do use Smile to support us, just know that they're cutting us off soon. I think uh, next month, uh, they will, they're, they're going to be cutting that out. Um, and we will be losing that form of income, which uh, does help us as a ministry. So um, just want to make that known to you. I guess I should say if you if you want to support us, a better way to support us is to go to strivingfraternity.org slash support. That's actually the best way to to support us uh, so that that goes right to us and, and whatnot. So um, let's get to the question we have from Bill here. Bill asked the question. Does the doctrine of divine, divine decree eliminate human will? Well, this is like right in your wheelhouse, Andrew. This is like yeah. the doctrine that you teach and seems like nobody else really talks about and uh, they need to learn it. So why don't you yeah. just explain that to us again? <laughs> this this was actually what I was doing down at Beulah Baptist Church uh, January 1st. A great way to start the new year is to talk theology uh, in a church service and so this is the, the two terms, the two things that people think, right? Divine decree versus human will as if they are two mutually exclusive ideas. They are not. And, and this is why if, if you listen to my rap report podcast, I did a few weeks ago, a, a bonus episode on the doctrine called superintending. A very important doctrine to, I actually called it super, the doctrine of superintending solving the Calvinism Arminianism debate. Uh, and, and Anthony, you, you were not there January 1st at Beulah Baptist Church uh, because you were preaching somewhere else last minute. Uh, someone had uh, called up Pastor Casey and said, Hey, can, can you, you get someone that could fill in? <laughs> and, and Pastor Casey said, Yeah, sacrificial lamb. Here's Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I think more he, he wanted to make sure, you know, he's like, I, I'm going to make sure I hear what Andrew has to say. <laughs> but I know but, uh, I, I really I've I have not heard you preach. on even though I've read your book on this, I've heard you talk about it as as uh, Drew says every week. Not quite, but <laughs> sometimes it seems like it. I mean, I, I know the doctrine, but I still I really wanted to, to watch or live your sermon. So. Well. I think Drew's referring to the Rap Report podcast because as we're going through the doctrine of regeneration and election, we have been hitting it over and over again because they're so essential in that. 
Um, and, and so Cody is saying that it's an ambitious title. And, and I started off Sunday at, at Beulah Baptist Church saying, if I do my job well, and I didn't use terms of Calvinism or Arminianism, I used the terms God's sovereignty and human responsibility. And I said out right from the beginning, if I do my job well, I will solve the dilemma people have between God's sovereignty and human responsibility. Uh, I was pleased to see that many people said that it was very helpful and that it really clarified things. So let me let me give this as a nutshell and, and, and take a step back as we look at this. When we look at the doctrine of inspiration, we can look at that doctrine. And as we do, there are certain things that we see in the doctrine of inspiration that we could say, who wrote the book of Romans? Well, we could say Paul. However, is that really the author? No, the real author is God. So even though Paul chose to write the words, he, I mean, Paul's style is different than Peter, than Moses's, than John's. They have different styles. And even though they have different styles and they're writing their own words and, and Paul can say, hey, bring, bring my cloak. It's going to be cold this winter or bring my books, personal things, their, their own choices. And yet we say it's God's word. How? Well, it's God's word because every word, and we would say even down to the letter, because Paul will make arguments about seed versus seeds, a plural, things like that, down to the letter, down to the, to the what's called the, the dot and tittle. The, the idea is that every mark is exactly as God intended it to be. So, so when we say that we, we hold in our hands of scripture is God's word, it's because God worked through the human authors. So that even though they chose of their own volition to write what they wrote, every letter was exactly as God intended it to be. Now, I don't find many people that debate me on that. They agree with that, at least within conservative Christian circles, that believe in the doctrine of superintending for Scripture. However, we also see this in another area. Anthony, do you do good works as a Christian? Uh, yes. But do you do them? Well, so I don't, I don't generate them. <laughs> Correct. So when we do good works as a Christian, it's the same doctrine. God works through us so that the very things we choose to do are exactly as God intended them to be. And that's the doctrine of superintending. And so when we look at that, we, we end up seeing that this doctrine applies in scripture. We see it and apply in our sanctification. So the, the issue I would say is, I just extend that out to the doctrine of regeneration. And we have now solved the dilemma of God's decrees and human volition. So even though I chose God, I didn't choose him completely in and of myself. God worked through me so that the very choices that I made were exactly as God intended them to be in such a way where God gets all the credit. So I can't take credit for the choice. Yeah, it was my choice. And you go, well, how can you resolve those those two? Well, see, that's the whole thing is that we we don't resolve them by saying it's either or. So Heffy, and I think I think he said the pronunciation is Heffy, said, so do we don't have free will. Let me qualify that. We have a will that Romans makes very clear is enslaved to sin. Anthony's watching fireworks, I think, over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, I hear them. I'm trying to find where they are. I mean, I would show it to everybody. I just don't know where they're at. Oh, I see where they're at. They're, sadly, they're around the corner. 
So there's Epcot, right? See him way in the way in the background. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I had the better angle to see the fireworks when, when we were staying down there with you. But um, I love fireworks. So you know, so Heffy is saying, did Adam and Eve have a free will? Now that's the point. Adam and Eve before the fall had a free will. They had a will that was not enslaved to sin, so they could freely choose. But after they chose to sin, we have a will that's enslaved to sin. And being enslaved to sin, we it's no longer free. We have a will. We do make choices, but it is not free from sin. And that's the difference. Now, as believers, now we do have a free will. We have a will that we can choose to do right i, I see uh, anthony the third there behind you does he know he was yeah, in camera i don't think he knows he was in camera but there he, he's uh, looking for fireworks good fireworks yeah so so what we see is when we look at in, in the passage that i preached in in uh there in beulah was romans chapter 9 and romans chapter 10 they're both together so you should let your wife know that she's on camera too <laughs> I, I don't think i'll tell julie she's on camera right now <laughs> Hi, Julie. <laughs> With her she's, big fuzzy coat on, even though it's like yeah. I don't know, seventy degrees out. Yeah, she's not like my bride, who who literally ducks under the the camera yeah. to avoid. You know, like she'll crawl on the ground to avoid it, even when we're recording, where the video won't be used. <laughs> so, um, so the question that, that we end up having here is Heffy uh, S. If Calvinism is true, God's elect people to hell, not true Bible is all choice. I'm not sure I understand that fully. So, Heffy, if you could if you could retype that uh, question, um, maybe maybe I can understand that better. So, and I know there's a delay, so we'll wait. Oh, hey, here here's uh, Carol saying hi, Julie and Anthony three. So there you go, Carol. <laughs> hey, Julie, and uh, Carol says hi. <laughs> so um Effie is asking why is the warning uh in the bible if we don't have free will so the the issue is this is the mis misnomer don't assume that it's one or the other it's not that it's god's sovereignty or human responsibility it's both okay we do have a a choice in the matter and yet it's not our choice alone. God works through us such that the choice we make is exactly as he intended it to be. And so, and if this is new for you, Heffy, I'll encourage you to go listen to my rap report on superintending rap, rap, the, that podcast on Andrew Rapport's rap report. Also, look for Beulah Baptist Church. Maybe Anthony can do a search right now, find the link to the to the um, uh, to that video, um, Beulah Baptist Church YouTube, and we could post that link in there. But uh, if you search Beulah Baptist Church Winter Garden, Florida, um, and on YouTube, you'll you'll be able to find it, I'm sure. But but Heffy, the, the thing you have to understand is that it's, it's not an either or. And part of this that we have to wrap our heads around is Heffy, you and I, we are limited creatures. We're finite creatures. So what that means is that you and I struggle with the fact that we don't know everything. We learn things. We observe things. And so what we see is God is all-knowing. There's nothing he doesn't know. So 
the other thing is that God's eternal. So everything's like an eternal now to him. And you and I can't can't figure that out. Okay. And so um, Heffy had said here, where was his? Uh, he said something about leaving out scripture, but I can't. Oh, here it is. He said, so, so we leave out scripture. No, we don't leave scripture out. Heffy and Heffy, if you if you want to join, that'd be better because it'd be easier to have a the, the dialogue um, because then we could really make sure we answer your questions. Um, but when we're quoting scripture, that's why I say Romans chapter nine, Romans chapter ten, they're right next to each other. In Romans chapter nine, it, it makes it really clear that God chose us. So theologically, God chose us, and and then you see that in Romans chapter ten. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. So he's asking, should I join? Yes, please, please join. Let me, Drew is backstage. I'll bring Drew in. Drew is, is one half of Matter of Theology. Uh, he's got his beautiful bald head covered. I don't know why. We're, we're trying to look yes. at him and he's covering it. <laughs> so, sorry, I didn't want to be another one of the bald guys. <laughs> so how Would, are you would it make you feel better if I took my hat off? No, no, that's fine. Okay. I mean, because it's hard to be bald and beautiful. And so, you know, I covered it up. You know? I, I was going to say the more that you cover up, the better, you know. <laughs> as, as I said to Chris Arnzen today, you know, I told Chris Arnzen that he may have a face for radio, but I have the face for a horror movie. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No one disagrees with me on that either. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Drew, what do you got for us tonight? Well, no, I was, I mean, you guys were, all the questions were about Calvinism and you were talking about Calvinism. So that's a topic that we cover a lot of all the time and I get in discussions about. So, so, so let's, let's in. be clear. You cover a lot of the time on matter of theology. There you go. So, uh, we, we cover a lot of reformed, uh, theology topics. Uh, one being the idea of predestination and free will. Where's the three kids? And and so I'm trying to look. There was a comment. I missed a comment here that before Anthony, little Anthony walks away. Uh, big Anthony, if you if you see little Anthony, you have to tell him. There was someone that said he looks like he's six foot seven inches tall from the angle. So <laughs> yeah, but someone thinks he looks six foot seven right now from the angle. He actually is taller than me now, which I guess is not hard to be, but uh, he's about, about an inch taller now. Well, yeah, but he's he's not taller than me yet. Well, it's crazy because yeah. last time I saw him in person was in Indiana for the Cruciform Conference, and he was shorter than me. So now that's right. You're that means you're he's probably taller than he, me. He shot up. You know, that's, he that's up. That, he's at that age, 15 years old, where they just suddenly shoot up. You know, they get real yep. tall, real thin. The boys and see, I yeah. never experienced that because I've been the same uh -huh. height since eighth grade. So I never okay. experienced that. So I entered I entered freshman year of high school five foot tall. I entered sophomore year five ten. And then soft by the end of sophomore year I was six foot. So yeah, I, I had I had a large growth spurt <laughs> freshman year. So Melissa says my husband said that bald guys are the coolest. That is absolutely true. Well you're not bald yet, Anthony, so I guess you're gonna have to um, there. Anthony, he's also better looking. Good. Find him a good looking Christian wife then. <laughs> <laughs> so, Drew, what you know, you guys cover the, the topic of uh, and we're hoping that Hefe will, will get come in and be able to to oh, dialogue. Hefe. Hefe. Okay. Thank you. 
Um, so what, what are some of the views that you guys cover on matter of theology dealing with these topics? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so in covering the idea of predestination and free will, what we do a lot of times is or how, how the view takes place is people read into Scripture their idea of free will. It's something that's always been taught as though it's a true thing. And so I've had people tell me, um, well, we know two things are true. God is sovereign and man has free will. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. We know one of those things is true. We know the other one is man is enslaved to his will because all throughout scripture, you see man is in bondage to his will or to his, to his sin. And what he needs is a will set free and the will set free only comes from God's sovereign decree. Um, and so there was a, there was a comment in the, in the chat about predestination. I'm trying to find it. Predestination being God looking through time or something like that. Um, Oh, I hear it. Question: Predestination is God foresight of what we uh, of what we do with our free will. So that's basically the God looking through the corridors of time. So people will say we have free will again, reading it into the Bible because they they read it into the Bible because they go, well, I make choices. People make choices. People in the Bible make choices about everything. Therefore, free will must exist. First of all, that's not the free will argument. The free will argument, it has to do with salvation. It's a salvific topic. Can dead, uh, fallen man choose in his own will with his stony heart, can he choose to follow a holy God? The answer is no, because as R.C. Sproul says, if I can choose God with my old heart, I have no need for a new one. So this idea of God looking through the corridors of time and seeing what man will do based upon man's free will, no, that's not true, because... If God looks through the corridors of time and sees who will choose him and, and predestines them according to that, well, God's taking in knowledge and he's learning something. And then he's making a decision based off of something he's learned. Now what you've done is you've taken away God's omniscience. So now he's not all known. Also, if God looks through time, sees who won't choose him and predestines them according to them not choosing him, well, now you're saying he doesn't have the power to bring them to himself, to draw them to himself. So now you've taken away his omnipotence. So with one statement, one idea, you've taken away two vital characteristics of God that make God, God. And this, what you're bringing out, Drew, is a very important point that anyone who's taken our Striving Fraternity courses on systematic theology has heard me say this over and over again, is that when you do theology, it has to be rooted in the nature of God. If you have any kind of theology that starts messing with the attributes of God, mm -hmm. you have a different God than the God of the Bible. So right. once you, you, you say God has to look down the tunnels of time to see who would be saved, well, you have a God that has to learn. Mm -hmm. He's not omniscient. And, right. and by the way, if he's looking down the tunnels of time, he's also not eternal. Now, all of a sudden, you have yourself a dilemma because you now have someone who's not from you know, the God of the Bible. So, and, and help me, Drew, how, how's his name pronounced again? Hefe. Hefe. All right. So let me welcome in Hefe. And, and Hefe, I was told, I, I was told here, uh, I'm getting an echo from you. Oh, I'm sorry. Give me one second. One second. Okay. And I was told that Hefe means from, from Captain Black Eagle here, he said, uh, Hefe means chief or boss. Now, yeah. I like that. I like that. I'm going to tell you why. Um, 
there were many evangelists, open air evangelists that used to call me boss for a very silly reason. One of the things I would do when handing out gospel tracts is I would hand out a tract and I would say to any guy, I would say, did you get one of these boss? And it, it's amazing just calling a guy boss. He's more likely to take a gospel tract. And I had a friend who thought that was a stupidest thing ever. And I'm sitting there in New York and I have my tract out and I said, Hey, did you get one of these? And the guy's got his hand up like, no, thank you. And on the word boss, he literally turned behind him, put his hand behind him mm. to take the track. And my friend is like, I'm calling everyone boss. Yeah. It does respect. It's it just does. Respect. It does. It lifts them up. I'm a huge track guy. So that, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. It, it, well, okay, so then I'll give you, I'll give you the fan, secret. So. I'll give you the secret I learned for women. If you want to hand a track to a woman, you, you hand it them and say, when you're handing it, this is just for you. Now, I don't know why they think if it's just for them, they're more likely to take it because I'm going to say it's just for them for the next woman. But <laughs> if a, for some reason, if a woman thinks she's the only one getting it, she wants it. <laughs> awesome. Very good. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's a gem right there. And, 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 and Pastor Darren is saying, dude, this guy is bald too? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, we're going to have to make this, you know, maybe that's why, that's why KT is saying Justin P better come back before this guy takes over referring to Drew, but it may be that when he comes back, he's going to have to be bald. <laughs> that's the new, that's the new requirement. There you go. Yeah. So if you want to be a host on striving on, on apologetics live, striving for eternity question, are you bald? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise you don't pass. You don't make it. So, so th this will be a lot easier now to have, have the discussion. So, so far, have you, you understood what I was saying with the doctrine of superintending? Um, a little bit. I heard bits and pieces of okay. it. You said that, uh, go ahead. Can you repeat so, that one more time? Yeah. Let me, let me go work it through with you. Let me, let me start with the doctrine of inspiration. Who, who wrote, I was going to say who wrote the book of Hebrews just to throw you off, but. Oh, I understood <laughs> that. Yeah. I, I see that. God. But who wrote Romans? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You're right. But but yet we would say Paul Paul sure. chose the words, right? Correct. So even though Paul chose the words and he would say he chose the words, what he experienced was him choosing the words. And yet we would say that God chose those words because he intended it. Now people go, well, how could they both be in play? Because God could work through them in such a way that the very things that he chose to write were exactly as God intended it. And so I see the same in regeneration. So if people say, did I choose God? I'll say experientially, yes, I experientially chose God, but theologically God chose me. Sure. Yeah. God chose you uh, and you were willing to be obedient. Uh, it wasn't like God uses a disobedient vessel to do his will. So therefore, uh, you know, it was a 99% God or 1% us. We always give him the glory. We understand that. You know what I mean, that's he gets, just, he doesn't, he gets all the glory. He gets right? all the glory. Correct. Right. We understand that, but so, God, okay. Uh, that, that's why he gives us rewards because he wants us to do good. And that's why the Bible says we were created for good works. And that's why the Bible says, don't be like the sluggard because the sluggard and the lazy Christian, you know, uh, Bible warns us. Don't be like that person, correct? Would you say, would you agree with that? Yeah, okay. I, I, hold on. We, we got to back up for a moment because I want to make on, sure on. that- Let's, let's answer I, that I, question I real quick. You, 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 you said oh, something that I have to make sure, I have to make sure what you said is is correct. Did you, Because maybe you didn't intend on saying this. Are you saying that somebody has to have, has to do good things 
in order to be chosen by God? Or I'm, I'm saying God created us for good works, which is what the Bible says, correct? I, I agree. Yeah. So the moment somebody is saved, they have work, good works that he's prepared ahead. Okay. They've prepared already ahead of time, according to Ephesians 2, verse 10. That's not what I'm asking, though. With with what you said earlier, does does he take the vilest of sinners who aren't doing good and all of a sudden changes them in a, in a moment's time and saves them, gives them a new will, new desires, and now they're saved unto good works? Because, see, I, I, I just want to clarify I, so, so what I guess, you said earlier. Yeah, no, I guess I'm, the question I'm Anthony's saying, asking is when does the good works the good works do good works save us or regenerate us or do the good works come after we're regenerated? No, good works don't save us, only Jesus saves us. But if you're a lazy Christian, is that something that God uh is, well, is yeah, that but, yeah, God warns us up, about but you're already a Christian? Not, God right, warns yeah, us about being a lazy Christian, correct? Over and over again, the Bible mm -hmm. says, be like the ant. Look at the ant. You know what I mean? Okay. Bible warns about the uh, the the guy, uh, one who uh, hid his talent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. he, uh, yeah. Don't, do, don't be like that so, guy. So, Heffy, let me, oh. let me. I just want to make sure we're speaking to because I think we're we're talking two different subjects, and this yeah. is uh, this uh, happens yeah. well, a lot with folks. We don't want to mix up regeneration and sanctification. Mm -hmm. Correct. Okay. Thank you. So when one of the things that that happens is, and and I dealt with this on my rap report podcast as we're going through the doctrine of salvation. The word salvation is a very general term that more specifically can refer to three different things, regeneration, sanctification, and glorification. All three are called salvation. And so when we look at this, we want to be a little bit more precise with this. What we're talking about here is regeneration. So we don't want to mix up the works of sanctification with regeneration. So you're saying... I don't know. Are you saying when you do good for uh, Christ, it's regeneration? Correct? No, no, no. I'm no. saying that we can't do good until after we're regenerated. So regeneration comes first. After we're regenerate, now we could do good works because we're now justified with God. And so it the, the we can't do good works, good being defined by God, apart from that regeneration work first happening. So all the works you're talking about, we would agree with as part of sanctification. So I just don't want to make sure, I want to make sure we're not talking past each other. Well, I mean, if you're saying we can't do good works, you know, uh, that goes on to election. So if you're saying that God elects only certain people, then that's a problem because over and over again, God tells us that God desires all men to to be saved and to come to uh, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that uh, he desires no man to perish. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't elect people to go to hell. So we choose to go to hell. So, so what he, is it? He desires John 3, 16. Mm -hmm. Over and over in the Bible. We can't leave out scripture, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so let me ask you a question. Hold on, Drew. Drew hold, hold on one second. I just want to ask one, one quick question. Don't let go. Uh, so what do you do with the fact where he specifically speaks about election and says that Jacob he has chosen? That's the word for election. And Esau I have hated. So he has chosen one. That's in the definition of election. Sure. He cho chooses the whole world to be saved. That's not he what was, it says. Well, the no. hell is only for the devil and his angels, not for people. Well, that's, well, okay, what the Bible, we, that's what I'm saying. We can't. Okay, so let me make that up. Scripture. I want to make sure I understand. Scripture says it, then we can't hold, that. We understand that he chose him. He chooses everyone and he desires nobody to be saved. And he does not elect people to go to hell. 
We okay, so God's will that everyone be saved. I want I want to understand something. Are you saying How that every human being saved? goes to heaven? Excuse me? Are you saying that every human being goes to heaven? I'm saying everybody can, if they confess Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, can go to heaven. Correct? That's what the Bible says, John 3, 16. But, but you said hell wasn't the whole for people. World that no man should perish. But you said hell wasn't for people, so that was confusing. That well, That's what the Bible says. Hell wasn't made for people. It was made for the devil and his angels. But people go there for what? For denying Jesus Christ. But yet in, oh, no. in Romans chapter 9, in Romans chapter 9, it makes it really clear that God, to display his wrath, prepared people for destruction. That's right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you because don't want to reject that scripture, do you? Because of their sin, correct? It's, that's he, not what it says. He, he, it was before they. It's before they had an ability to sin because it was before they even existed. Which is why Paul brings no, in no, the no. objector. If you're saying that babies are born uh, uh, with sin, they do Robert not. Scott? They do not. They do not inherit sin because babies cannot inherit sin because they are innocent. They have not sinned. That, that's, well, that's, that's not, that's not what Romans about. five says. We're, we're, no, so everyone is born a sinner. Babies are born. When you're talking about babies being born innocent, they're born innocent in the sense that they haven't sinned experientially. As you and I go out and sin, they're they're ignorant of their sin. But that doesn't mean they're not born sinners. Because no, we choose to sin. That's why it says all have fallen away. We could walk the walk as a as a young person. We're gonna have sin. Okay. We choose sin. We're not. So, so, how so do you when, sin if you're yeah. a baby? So when Paul, I, I've got two babies in there right now, I can tell you how. <laughs> well, the babies are they're, they're knowingly sinning. They're, they're, my two my my three year old. Yes. So you're saying yes. they have no. So Every time no I say of, no, no, and he does it anyway, he knows. There's no doing. age of accountability. No, there an no, age of no. Th there's nowhere in scripture no where it talks about an age of accountability. We'll disagree on that one. Okay, so let me let me ask you this. I'll believe it. So is, let me. Hefe, do you believe you still do you do you still sin, Hefe? I sin. Yeah, correct. Okay. Okay. You don't. And sin, then do you? when do you do you when, sin? Yes, I still sin. Okay. So right, when it sins. comes when it comes when it comes to justification, how is it that somebody gets saved through Jesus Christ? Yeah. And is it? You believe it's solely the person's choice? Uh, well, I guess, I guess I don't think God will force me to serve Him. I really don't because I've I've walked away from God. Uh, okay, countless times. And and Hefe, this is this sort of thing, and this is where I think Anthony's trying to go. Let me let me zone in on see if this is helpful. Yeah, go ahead. Because um, the, the language you're using, God doesn't force you. That that's right. why I'm trying to explain this doctrine of superintending. Paul, God didn't force Paul to write what he wrote in Romans. He chose to write what he wrote in Romans, but that was God intended. God worked through Paul to write that so that God gets all the credit. Paul made the choice, but that choice was not his own. It was God working through him, even though it was his choice. When you understand that concept, you'd see that it's not that anyone's forced to believe in God, but yet they can't take any credit saying, I chose. It's We don't, we won't go to hell because we didn't choose God. We go to hell because we sin. Every person deserves to go to hell because they're born with a sin nature, according to Romans 5, 12 and following. Yes. And, and let me just read a passage of scripture for you. Okay. This is Romans chapter nine, where he says, this is Romans nine. I'll start in verse 13. Just as it is written, Jacob I have loved and Esau I have hated. What shall you say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? 
may it never be. For, for uh, he says to Moses, I shall have mercy on whom I shall have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Correct. Okay. So then, does it not depend on the man who wills or who runs, but God who has mercy? For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I raised you up to demonstrate my power in you that, uh, and that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. So then he has mercy on whom he desires and he hardens whom he desires. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who could resist the will of God? Now, that's the exact question you asked. So, so you're tracking with Paul perfectly, but here's Paul's answer, which is different than yours. He says, on the contrary, who are you, O man, who answers God back to God? The thing molded will not say to the molder, why did you make me this way? Or does the potter have the right over the clay to make uh, from one, the same lump one vessel of honorable use and another for common use? And this becomes the important part. For what if God, willing to demonstrate his wrath and make known his power, endured much patience with vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. So it says that before before these people ever existed, he prepared them for destruction. He prepared them for destruction, correct. Yeah, he, he knows who's going to serve him, correct? I think we know who well, God... Okay, but, how does he know? How does he know? He has foreknowledge. He knows everything. He knew us before the time. The Bible says he knew us before we were born. Right. Correct. And therefore, he knows every choice we're going to make. But, who's going to serve him and who's not going to serve him? But Hefe, Hefe, I think... Let me let me see if I can answer what Drew's trying to, to say, because I think you might have missed it. And no, I, I, I understand not, exactly what he's saying. Okay. If you did, you wouldn't have answered that way. So so let me see if I could... Okay. Oh, no. Give me one second. Go ahead and answer that question one more time. So you said, so Andrew asked you, does God know uh, who's going to serve him? And you said, yes, he does. And I asked, right. how does God know who is going to serve him? Or let's ask it this way. How does God know who will be saved? God knows everything. Do you, would you agree with that? But but how does he know? Does he the learn? Question is, how does he know? God yeah. has foreknowledge. God knows the okay, future. What, he knows the past. What is foreknowledge? In time and out of time. God what is, is foreknowledge of for, in What is foreknowledge? as uh, as laid out in scripture god because you have to distinguish between god's foreknowledge and god's omniscience or god's foreknowledge and god predestining they're not the same foreknowledge is uh no one ahead of time correct no not in not in this sense so foreknowledge because especially you see it in romans 8 with the golden chain of redemption foreknowledge and predestining in the same, in the same sentence god's foreknowledge is a relational term beforehand knowledge as we would see uh, intimacy between in relationship knowing one another so the so God's foreknowledge is God in eternity past entering into a relationship with us before he created us in such a way that ensures that the that the hater of God that the rebel becomes a friend that is God's foreknowledge. And and let me let me just let me add on to that, Hefe. Let me let me, hold on, on, give me one second. Give me one let, second. 
that yeah. foreknowledge is different in different places, correct? Because no. we, we okay, know but, that revelations is a foreknowledge of what is going to happen. Yeah, but Heffy, but, let's let's take a like step. You can't back. say foreknowledge is just one thing in okay. one place. But Heffy, Heffy, let's take a step back. Think about what we said earlier in the show. If you heard it, when we have a theological system, we have to be in a right line with the attributes of God. Now, you, do you agree that God is all knowing? Omniscient. That's what I said. Foreknowledge, okay. all knowing. So, so hold, hold on, hold on. I want to work through this with you point by point. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. If he's all knowing, does he learn anything? Does he observe things and learn them, or does he just know everything? Oh, uh, God knows everything. Okay. There's so nothing God, God knows. If God knows everything, then it's he. What he knows is not based on what we do, correct? What he knows is, but he God gives us the choice to do right or wrong. That's you're you're not answering the question. So okay, repeat the question. If God knows everything, does he does is it because he saw what we were going to do and then he learned it, or does he just know everything? In other words, if he knows he everything, he knows it regardless what we choose. God knows what we're going to do. That's that's Correct. just the point. He gives us the, but he gives us the opportunity to do good. That's why he so tests we can do us. opposite. That's why can we, we test. Opposite? He puts us to the test. Could could Judas have done the opposite of what he did of betray Christ? Could Judas have not betrayed Christ? Uh, Judas could have uh, not hung himself. That's for sure. That's I, not the question. Okay, but could Judas he, have not betrayed Christ. Uh, I think that God knew he was going to do it. That's okay, not the so, question. Could so, Judas hold on, Drew, 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 hold on that. Drew, let me just it's let me possible. just out. It's possible. Let me just out for the audience, Drew. That's his choice. Out. He had a free will to do of, that. Part God of didn't force him. God didn't force him to do that. He okay. chose to do that. So part of what we do here in Apologetics Live, folks, right? We 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 do apologetics, but we also teach and to help you guys. I want you to notice on and Heffy, I, I I'm not saying this behind your back. You're right here. Sure. I want folks to notice what Heffy has done a couple of times now is when asked a, a very specific direct question, he's answering something else. Okay? Oh, no, 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 no. That's Never what you've done. You can go back and rewatch it. Okay. Well, well, give me an example. What I, what I, I just what did, I did it. You just did it. I said a choice. He had a choice. No, that, I, 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 said, I said, he, he, I said, my question was, could Judas have not betrayed Christ and you said he could have not hung himself that wasn't my question and my he question could have, and he could have not betrayed him God okay, knew okay. he was going to betray him correct okay, God okay knew hold that. on okay are hold you on. saying that God forced him to do that no I'm no. saying he was the son of perdition what sure, does son was. of perdition mean son of perdition son of the devil no son of perdition means one who is destined for destruction okay sure Okay, so, so if he if he's the son of perdition, as Jesus himself said, mm -hmm. destined for destruction, okay, then then could Judas have done otherwise? No, you can't say that he didn't have a free will. I can say he was the son of perdition, as Jesus said. Okay, so you're saying he so didn't he was, have a free was will. Decreed, he had to do it. It was decreed that Judas would betray Christ. Christ knew he was going to do it. He knew it. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, who else could have betrayed him? You know what I mean? Judas was a disciple, correct? That, but that's not the issue. That's not the issue. Uh, was, did Jesus choose uh, Judas to be a disciple? Yeah. And what is a disciple? A student. A student of Jesus Christ. No. Judas was one of the what? Judas was one of the 12 that Jesus chose. So Jesus chose him to follow him. 
and he chose to betray Jesus. Why? You know, why did Jesus wait? But why did you Jesus know? choose him? Because choose? because Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. I agree. Before Judas 100%. knew he was going to betray him. I and, agree. And that's what Andrew to fulfill prophecy. Yeah. And, and so I think, let me ask you a question, Effie. Have you, have you done a lot of study on the Calvinism or Mininism issue? Sure. I have. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, and, and I'm, I'm getting that because one, one of the things I find is that people who have really done a lot of study on one side or the other have difficulty understanding the doctrine of superintending and how it applies here. And the reason I bring that up is because your, your struggle that you're having with it you're you think you're answering I, I it seems like put it that way it seems like you think you're answering questions you th expect some someone on a calvinistic side to have and you're trying to answer that and that's not the questions we're asking and okay. so you're missing the point because you're so you're so quick to try to answer something we're not actually asking all right well and, let me know and, what you're asking then that's a good that's a good point just let okay. me know what you're asking that's that's so, that in a lot of blanks all right so the the thing we're trying to ask because you, you do let me ask it this way actually let me, let me just ask you do you think that we believe that we don't choose God that you don't choose God or let me ask it this way do you do you think we believe that we do choose God put it in, so it's not the double negative I know what I'm gonna say but I I I'm pretty well, I'm sure. asking what you think we believe so I don't want to I don't want to so you just said that I uh, don't answer answer the questions that you mm -hmm. ask but. Go ahead and answer that, and then I'll answer your question. So I don't. Well, I, I can't answer what you think. That'd be impossible for me. I'm asking what, well, you, if, ask, what you think. Okay, I think that uh, you think that God um, uh, forces Himself on you, and that you have no choice. That's what I okay. think. So I'm I'm, I'm going to speak for myself now, and I'm going to let the others each answer quickly. The answer to that is no. I don't believe that. Drew. Yeah, God doesn't force Himself. Anthony. On. Oh, Anthony yeah. muted himself. No comment. No comment. So, so, no, no, he's muted. Hold on. Let me see if I can unmute him. No. I, I said I have a headache right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the baby. Okay. It's fun. So, no, look. I, uh, I, so the, I, yeah. Yeah, the point. The point a, that, I, 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 okay, I'm sorry. Go on. No, go ahead, Anthony. Nope. I, I know there's a lot of wind here, so I'll let, okay. I'll let you go. So, so the point that I'm trying to say with it, Hefe, is you're you're arguing something that none of us here believe. And when we're trying to talk to you, you're arguing with an with an imaginary figure who's not here. Okay. Right. And 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 I'm saying I'm trying to say this as 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 lovingly as I can. I think what happens in these kind of discussions is what when when you do that, you're not actually listening to what we are saying because you're you're trying to debate what you think we're saying. And none of us believe. I'm just answering the questions you asked me. That's all I'm asking. Well, you were you were answering different questions than we were asking, and you were answering ones opposite to like you're arguing as if we believe something none of us here hold to. All right. That's well, give me an example then. Well, we could give several, but so okay. Hold on. No, 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 no. Give me an example. I need that okay. example, bud. Don't don't. You okay. can't just make vague statements and then not give an example of what you're talking about. So. Help well, me to we learn can, and understand what you're well, talking Drew, about so okay. I don't make that mistake I'll, go, I'll go back to the example Drew gave you. Drew asked you whether Judas could not have betrayed Jesus, and your answer is he could have not hung himself. That wasn't answering the, the direct question he well, asked you. I agree. I agree. Okay. So when we talk, when we talk for knowledge, we can't 
we can't talk foreknowledge as if God knew before we had a choice, before we are born, because there is no before with God. He's eternal. Once you, once you put a timeline in there, you no longer have the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is outside of time. There is no before with God. When he speaks in this language, when he says he elected before the foundation of the worlds, it's not that there was a time order. It's that you and I, Hefe, we can't understand omniscience and we can't understand eternal. We, we, we just, that's beyond our human ability to understand. And so what he does is he speaks in a language to basically, it's the way I always talk about it, it's like baby talk. It's, it, he's talking down to us. Like if you have a child, you know, Drew has a three-year-old. Drew's not going to turn to his three-year-old when the three-year-old is sticking a fork into the outlet and start explaining electricity. What he's going to do to the three-year-old is just say, no, bad. Smack the hand so the child knows this is bad. That's baby talk. We can't understand omniscience. So what's God going to do? He's going to talk down to us at a level we can understand. When he says in Ephesians 1 that he elected before the foundation of the world, he's basically trying to say, we had nothing to do with our salvation. Right. Because he's saying it's in for us that have are bound by time. It's before us. So I, I do have a question for Hefe. When okay. Paul in Romans nine and we can also look at John 1 13 because um, it says almost the same thing. Um, John, um, I think it's John the Baptist speaking in John one um, when they say that it is not of man's will. What do you say to, to John or Paul? Uh, what is that? What is can you quote the whole scripture? So You've got Romans nine sixteen. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew read it for you, beginning at verse 13, <clears throat> that it does not depend on man's will or the one who works, or you could say one who runs or one who uh, has exertion, but on God who has mercy. So salvation depends not on man's will. And then in John 1, 13, you have uh, John the Baptist, who is talking about those who receive um, salvation. I, I don't have it right in front of me. but they received it, it, John 1, 13. All right, I'll read it. It says right, that yeah. I'll actually start in verse 12. So we have the context. John 1, 12 and 13 says, but as many as received him mm -hmm. to them, he gave the right to be become a child of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were not born of blood. That means genealogy, right. nor born of the will of the flesh. That means just a desire thinking they're a good person nor the will or sorry the will of flesh is works works right. nor the will of man which is this being thinking they're a good person but of god right so, sure. so i mean what do you say we, to john and paul oh i agree 100 percent. yeah it's god he's saving us but mm -hmm. you know there paul says he said i beat my flesh into submission at least i become uh disqualified because he said that he hasn't uh he he didn't uh obtain you know the where he was supposed to be. Okay, but that's oh, sanctification. No, 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 no. He said least no, that's not sanctification. He said least I become disqualified. So that's not the sanctification. That just means unfit for ministry. No, that's sir. Not talking about that's not talking but, about give me, a, give, me, give me one second. Give me one second. Over and over again, the Bible says to beware, at least any of you uh in Romans 3 uh uh 12, it says, Watch out, brothers and sisters, so that there won't be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. The bar the uh, New Testament is written. Wait, wait, wait. Hold it. Read that. The, there was Romans 
three twelve. No, that was uh, Hebrews three twelve. It says, "Oh, okay, no watch out." I, I was like, "Oh, that's a warning passage." Correct. Yeah. It's a war- at least any of you have any unbelieving heart and turn away from the living God. So okay. therefore, he says, "Don't, don't have." Beware, because you can have an unbelieving heart, and you can turn away from God. Okay, so that's me, scripture right ask, there. Let me ask you so a if question. You're saying, if you're saying that we have nothing to do with it, we have a choice to do good or evil. But I didn't say it. Paul and John said it. Yeah. I we, just don't leave out, we don't leave out scripture, but then, we don't. But you're trying to pit scripture against itself. No, 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 no. I'm trying to so, go by the whole word of the Bible, on, not just parts of the Bible. Because, Drew, we got we got someone backstage I want to bring in that I was okay. going to bring in top of the hour. But, uh, Heffy, I want to just before I bring Jeff in uh, real quick, I want to because you're struggling. You're bringing up, as we said earlier, you're mixing passages of regeneration with sanctification. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you this. And I'm just, I, I want to get some grounding questions first. Do you believe people can lose their salvation? I believe that the Bible teaches this, that talks about being grafted in. Be careful, at least, you know, because of the, because the Bible says that the old branch was cut off and that we were grafted in. And it says, and it specifically warns okay. you that you too. Heffy, Heffy, I just asked you a question and you, you didn't answer. So the, over and over so again. For folks to realize, the, the, what do we do when we have, Someone that does this, where you ask a question, they answer something else. You ask no, no, no. I answer that question. Again. I answer that specific. That was that okay. was the word of God. You didn't. You didn't. You quoted something that had nothing to do with the answer. So I'll ask and it that, again. That was my proof. Do that was my proof. Do you believe that someone who is regenerate can lose their salvation? It's a yes or no. I believe that you have the choice to walk away from God, and God doesn't force you to serve Him. Correct. Okay. So when do you believe our sins were paid for? And how many sins, sins were paid? Your sins are paid for when you repent. Uh, when you p- repent, that's why the Bible says when you to repent. repent. Okay, over, no, that's good. Good. Okay, over and over so, it says to repent. Could you please turn to Colossians chapter two and verse thirteen for me? Sure. You have a Bible there? Yes, sir. Okay, I just wanted if if you could, I'd like you to read uh, verse thirteen. This is Colossians chapter two and verse thirteen. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Go ahead, read it for me. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say for the audio for the people on audio podcast who are turning to it, so we don't have dead air. But okay, so this is so Colossians two thirteen says this: When you were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcised of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Now, how many of the transgressions would that include? All transgressions. All. Okay. Now, verse 14, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which uh, was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. According to Paul, all of our sin, and you admit it was all, all of our sin was paid at the cross. Correct. So it's not when we repent. So can you name any sin that you've done that's before the cross? That's before the cross? Mm-hmm. That I ha- That's unrepented? Yeah. So you're saying that if I go out and sin today and I'm unrepented, I go and do what the Bible says uh, not to do, that that sin is uh, okay? Is that what you're saying? Okay, notice I asked, I asked a simple question. The simple answer is, are you, are you 2,000 years old? 
Is there any sin you've ever committed that's before the time of Christ dying on the cross? Sure. Really? Uh, You're 2,000 years old? Oh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not 2,000 years ago. I, under, I understand but, but that. Every, Christ... every sin we've ever done is post-cross. So if all of our sin was paid at the cross, all of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, then all of it's paid. So the the, the the verses you're turning to, there's there are passages that with a, here's a simple thing for you to realize. Many people will talk about the fact that Jesus spoke more about hell than heaven, and that's true. Correct. You'll talk about the fact that he spoke about money more than heaven and hell combined. That's true. What most people don't talk about is the fact that he talked about hypocrisy more than heaven, hell, and money combined. It's Correct. the number one thing that we see in the New Testament is the discussion on hypocrisy. People who think they're saved and they're not. You're taking those passages written to hypocrites, people who claim to be saved and are not, and then applying them to people who are regenerate. That's that becomes a mistake. Okay. 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 So uh, and, and and so I know I know we got to get we we have someone. I'm not going to boot you out because we might have time to come back to you. And I do. No, want to I, I encourage you. To, I encourage you to read uh, Revelations two and three, where mm -hmm. it uh, continuously warns the church to repent. You know, and and what is he warning against? Well, Hypocrisy. People who claim to be a saved. lot of things. A lot of things. He's he's he he told uh, Jezebel to repent of her sins, and he gave her an opportunity, but she would not repent. So she lived in sin, and over and over, these churches. He said, "I wanted to come in to you." But you wouldn't let me in over and over again. The Bible says to repent, you know, so we yeah. can't live like the devil and, and expect to be saved. No, um, if someone's if someone's living, there's a passage of scripture for that. OK, and that would be first John two nineteen. OK, and this makes it very clear. They went out from us, but they were not really of us for for. If they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they were not of us. So when you see someone who starts, who claims to have been a Christian and denies the faith or living like the world, all they're doing is exposing they were never of us. Sure, you have, never regenerate. So, so you also got Romans, or not Romans, but John 6, where Jesus says that he loses none that the father gives sure. he he doesn't lose none but you can walk away correct no, well, and, that. and that's oh, the whole thing scripture doesn't say that <laughs> scripture says that you have a free will over and over again no 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 there, there's there's, there's no, no homework there's but no let me, let me say one thing let me say one yeah. thing just okay. because you say lord lord you know doesn't mean you're saved correct 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 that's false there's so, there's, so there's, there's people who are who are hypocrites that say Lord, Lord. And, and Jesus so, said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not what I say? So, <coughs> so therefore, if you're not so, obedient to Christ, what does the Bible say? Actually, you are not actually, my disciple. So, obedience. So, <laughs> yeah, let, let me say a couple of things. A requirement. We, we, we had uh, Josiah write in, is this, oh, this is an OSAS, so one state of channel. I would say no, the type of channel this is, is one that believes the Bible, Ephesians 1, starting verse 11. In him we've obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glories. If you Holy continue Spirit, to the end. 
that is that you're adding that to the yeah. scripture no, verse. That that's I the Bible. Read. So have, that's the word read. of God. If you continue read, to no. the end, you will be my disciple. I, I, I just read that. You can't you can't and, stop and, serving God. Happy, hold and, on. And, I, and, and I'm going to say one other thing too, and, and because we do need to get to Jeff, that his yeah. is the scheduled. I bless uh, you and, guys, man. I appreciate it. And, and I'm going to bow out in a moment, but I do want to say because this is an apologetics show. And, uh, and and Andrew and I, and I, I know Drew, I'm sure you run into this as well, though I've never heard a story from you about this, but when you when we when you're an, an experienced evangelist and apologist, you learn to listen to people carefully and you'll pick up something, right? That just something doesn't sound right, which is why I started going into those questions earlier because of something that I heard Hefe say. And and of course, now we've seen the last half hour blossom into a major discussion about all the points in doctrine that he's wrong. And it, and it was picked and up. We'll see. Because, we well, will see one day. One day we'll <laughs> see. Hey, if Calvinism is true, then he predestines people to hell. So and we that's, know that's not see, true. That's, that's we all know that Heffy, hold Calvinism on. Heffy, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm muting you, Heffy, just so you realize, because you're talking over, and it's really hard for the audience to hear. Okay, so so I'm just going to say this. What you just said proves that you haven't listened to a single one of us here because you just said that that's what Calvinism teaches. And yet three Calvinists are saying you're that we don't hold to that. Oops, sorry. Hold on. I muted you when you unmuted. So go ahead. Hey, well, you know, do your study and um, we'll see. I mean, OK, so, so so I'm going to go to Jeff. But before I do, here's here's my I'm going to I'm Thank not you. I'm not going to remove you so you can come back in later if, if we have time. Uh, I do want to encourage you to come back and here's here's your homework assignment. I would like to find the verse if you could find the verse that's that where God says we have a free will, not a will, a yeah. free will. It gives you warnings. It gives you warnings over no, 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 and over. No, no, no. Well, you said the Bible says we have a free will. I said we have a will that's enslaved to sin. So I'm asking yeah. you for the passage that says we have a free will. Bless Hefe, I I, I want to throw something out for you to consider as well. If because throughout scripture we see that it's God's will for man to be saved. It's God's will that Jesus lose none there you go. That, that are given to him. If this is God's will and man is strong enough to walk away and oppose God's will, mm -hmm. and that means man is stronger than God. And so why should I serve that God that you're presenting that's not strong enough to accomplish his will? Especially yeah. when Paul says in Romans 8 that nothing can separate us from the love sure, of God. Not the, and you are correct. That is the gist of the Bible. God will keep you if you want to be saved. Correct. No, no, no. It's not if you don't want to be, be No, 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 no. You can't, you can't, you, you can't leave out scripture. The, the whole thing is can't do it Anthony, over and over again. Anthony, the Bible is that really God warned you not okay. to stay away from sin if you can't fall away from God? Yeah, because you have. Why would the who... Bible warn you don't do this and don't do that if you can't fall away? Sure. I can. I'll answer that for you, and I already did. Because there's people that go to church that claim to be a Christian that are not Christian. Well, they're elected, though, right? Who, no, are that's they, they're so not that elected. Matter. That's what John First John two says. So you're not listening to what we're saying. I mean, Anthony read scripture. You had to add something in that wasn't no, there. No, I read the out. whole Bible. I don't add anything. You, the Bible you, says well, that you can back, be cut off. And listen. Like the branch, you can be grafted in and you can be taken out. Okay. Paul says, he warned you, you don't have so, an unbelieving heart. The Bible warned you stay away from it says stay away from a person that calls itself a brother. Why? Because good morals corrupt 
uh, bad morals corrupt good character, correct? So you if we're okay. elected, so let me that, let me let me leave you. That scripture you, wouldn't matter. If you we're gonna go we're gonna we're gonna go to Jeff. I'm gonna leave you with one parting thing. Okay, just I really I strongly encourage, and I'm, I'm even gonna make an offer to you. We we have at Striving Fraternity. You can go to strivingfraternity.org. We have a free course on biblical hermeneutics, how to interpret the Bible. Sure, has nothing to do with theology, just how to interpret the Bible. Okay, that's a free course. The syllabus that we get printed, it costs money. You contact me, I will send you a free syllabus if you promise to take the course. It's 20, right. 20 lessons, okay? Yeah. Just right. info at strivingforeternity.com. That's info yeah. at strivingforeternity.com. I'll send you a free syllabus because I think it would help you in learning how to read things in context. Sure, sure. Hey, if, and just look at Adam and Eve. They had a free will. Just look at the uh, Israel. That, that's before God the fall. gave them the free will over and over again. He, he told them to come back and serve me. So check out Estratology 101. I think you guys would love Okay. So I'm not going to, you know, people come in to promote, but let me, let me just, some of the questions that came up. Uh, someone, uh, John asked this question, just joined. Is this guy a sinless perfectionist? No, he was not. Um, he did drop out. So I guess we can't, uh, um, so I want to highlight that we have a new member on YouTube. Uh, Sean became a new YouTube member. You can go, if you're watching on YouTube, there is a way to join there. That is a way that, that they support us. The best way though, truthfully, the best way to support us is to go to strivingfraternity.org slash support because, well, as we learned a few weeks ago, Amazon decided they were going to uh, remove that <laughs> uh, support that they were giving us. Uh, and then we had to fight to get it back. So um, we got some questions that came in during that. I hope Heffy does come back, but I've been anxious. I want to bring in Pastor Jeffrey Rice. Brother, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Good. Man, I kept, more, I mean, I, I was over here like, tag me in, tag me in. <laughs> I, I got the answers. <laughs> oh, I know. And, and I thought, you know, I had, I had said to Anthony that uh, he said, Hey, who's coming on? I said, well, I invited Jeff on so we could talk about the conference you're doing. And, and the fact that you and I disagree on so many different topics, I thought we could have, it'd be a good show just on our disagreements. And when you and I talk on the phone, man, we have so many disagreements and we get along so well, uh, but we ended up having someone else come in. <laughs> but Darren Steed says this. Darren Steed says, finally, a guy with some hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's fallen out. But I have this unique ability to where I can disagree with someone and still remain friends. Like I know a lot of people don't have that ability. Yeah, I, I can even scroll through Facebook, read a comment that I totally disagree with and not comment. Yeah. <laughs> that might be a spiritual gift, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's something where I think a lot of people, I mean, if, if you look at the guys I'm close to, I, I disagree theologically with most of the people that, that I am friendly with. Um, M Melissa is saying, I think Heffy stresses out Andrew, and that's why he, he left. Um he didn't stress me out. Um, I, I just wanted to make sure I got to Jeff um, because we we did want to we did want to talk. So for, first, before we actually, you know, something I should have started with, okay. And if I know Anthony bowed out, so he's probably not listening, and he'll laugh at this. I should have started off the show with an announcement, okay. Uh, most who follow me on social media probably already know this announcement, but 
shortly after the show ended within like within an hour of the show ending last week my grandson was born mm -hmm. and so while i was doing the show i was going to say if i get distracted i was actually watching because we were looking for updates throughout the show last week because we knew that my daughter went into labor and any moment uh we would we would hear the news and so uh my my grandson james was born last thursday night and i was i was thrilled with that uh and uh so i i should i could put up a picture but i'm not going to be that guy wait oh, no <laughs> yeah so while you're working well drew while you're working on your children i'm working on my grandchildren wait that's not no the whole purpose of grandparents is to spoil the grandchild and that's that's the struggle we have because we're trying to teach our children not to be like materialistic and what do the grandparents do for christmas and birthdays is just nothing but gifts and oh, then no, trying I, to teach them to eat right and they're what do you want candy yeah have all the candy you want and so we got to deal with the sugar highs Damn. yeah no my my thing is i just want to be able to to play with them and when they cry i can go here you go, you go. <laughs> or, or when that the diapers got to be changed <laughs> yeah so so uh jeff let's talk about the conference that you're you're doing all right. Uh, anything specific you want to talk about it? No, let, I, you know, tell folks, tell folks, you know, what the conference is. Okay. It's coming up soon. Yeah, the conference is. coming up soon. It's uh, February the 16th through the 18th. It's uh, it's in Tallahoma, Tennessee. And the, uh, the theme of the conference is from shadow to substance. And so what we want to do is, is we want to look in the Old Testament and find the type the shadow. And we want to connect it with the intertype. The, the substance, which is Jesus Christ. And um, and we're, we're also going to have a debate, right? We got James White coming and he's debating a guy by the name of Thomas Ross. And Thomas Ross is a King James onlyist. But unlike most King James onlyists, uh, again, that James has debated, this guy is a worthy opponent. This guy uh, is very, very intelligent. He teaches the original languages. He's a professor. I mean, just you know, good guy. I talked to him over the phone. We text back and forth. Really good guy. I look forward to meeting him. And, uh, and so basically the, the debate is basically going to be uh, the LSV translation versus the KJV translation, which one is superior. And um, as, 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 as far as um, the speakers, so uh, uh, we're going to have I th 10 or 11 speakers. I, I can't really, I, I know I had one drop out. So it, it seems me like the lineup keeps growing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be really good. And um, I got my other two friends. Uh, that, that, that That's a part of my uh, YouTube channel. Uh, Braden Patterson and and, and uh, Haps Addison, they're going to be with me. So we're, we're basically co-promoting it and uh, through our YouTube channel. But 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 also it's going to be hosted by our church. And so Braden was a Mormon for 19 years of his life, came to faith in Jesus Christ. And now he's a Reformed Baptist pastor. Uh, pastor Haps Addison runs a a, 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 a a mentally challenged home. It's kind of it's a ministry that he uh, it's basically a parachurch ministry. So he trains them there for, uh, I guess you could say, big church, <laughs> uh, which he's a, uh, an elder at. And so, and then of course I got Andrew coming. I got just tons of guys, like, like a lot of the guys that I listen to preach, no one knows. Right. But I mean, of course. And that's the thing I love about the conference is, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately a lot of conferences, it's like they want to go hear the big name guys. And yet there's a lot of guys that are better than the big name guys that no one knows. 
and they're better, better to listen to. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I told my congregation, the guys that I got coming could preach me under the pulpit. Right. But of course, I'm not a jealous type person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do what I can do and that's all I can do. So, but I, so, I make so sure to have a good lineup. Yeah. If folks want to get tickets for this, the best place I believe is if you go to Eventbrite, Eventbrite. search for open air theology conference, and that's where you get your tickets. Yeah. Um, this is, I think this is going to be a great conference. Um, Melissa is saying this sounds like a great conference. I, I think it's going to be. Um, yeah, so James the, White's going to do two messages and he'll also preach that Lord's Day at my church. Yeah, so. you know, you gave me a topic of, you know, the Abrahamic covenant. Right? We had to find Abraham, something that you could it, work with. Abraham's <laughs> offering of Isaac, I mean. And and, and so, you know, I said, I, I, you know, I was on Chris Arnzen's program and he he asked me, what my topic was going to be at your conference. And so I told him it was the, you know, Abraham's offering of Isaac. I, I, as a, as a dispensationalist, I may say something that, you know, James White may, you know, I may have the next debate with James White with whatever I say, who knows? Uh, well, gotta if be you careful. Do, well, if you do, we'll host it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So Bill is asking uh, who has more hair, me or my grandson? Actually right now it's probably my grandson. <laughs> He's got a nice set of hair on him. Okay, so uh, Melissa is asking you, Jeff, what your shirt says. It's a uh, credo over pedo, pedo. So basically, Baptist chewing up uh, Presbyterians. Yeah, yeah. And Drew, Drew says strange nice fire, strange fire shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, a a member of my congregation that does church. I mean, that does shirts, and so I I'll draw up a picture, send it to her, make me a shirt that looks like this. She does. You started making hats too, right? Yep. Sure and I post them on, on Facebook and they look really So here, here's the yeah. real question. So for folks who may not know, one of the things, Jeff, you do, right, is Bible rebinding. And mm -hmm. it'd be good to talk about that as well. Um, Which, by the way, before you get into that, so I posted about how I had this Bible that the cover just tore off. And Jeff suggested a glue to put on it. And this thing is holding up, man. It's holding up. Okay. So there's a guy that's not looking just to make money. Cause you know, if he was trying to make money, he'd say, send it to him. Right. You know, and $300 later, you get yourself a, 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 a nice Bible. Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, I am hoping I, 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 you know, I'm glad that my wife is not joining me on this, on this trip because I'm hoping to see some nice leather premium Bibles. And I told you, I need, I need a, a large print cause I'm at that age. I need a large print, uh, LSB. You know, if you could find single column, then then we're talking. <laughs> Just something to yeah, look for. Uh, so I plan to have a few there, but I'm also I'll also be giving away a LSB Bible at the conference. Right so, here. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna probably have about five or so to sell. I mean, I mean, you know, for those that don't know, uh, I pastor a church, and so the rebinding and and small leather goods is basically my tent making business, right? And so yeah. uh, our church is, is, is fairly small. Um, I think they just voted this past week for me to get 200 a month. And, and so, you know, it's, 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 it's a step. Um, and so I pay my bills, feed my family and everything through rebinding Bibles. So, Okay. Well, I, I think we're in trouble because I see someone coming backstage. Now, Kofi was backstage earlier when we had uh, Heffy on, but I, I see, Drew, your partner in crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should move you over here so that you guys are. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh -oh. 
So this guy, you can't and actually before, before you do, uh, Jeff, let me give you, let me give you, you know, give a shout out. We, we, we had Drew give a shout out for the podcast that he and Chris do matter of theology. You do a podcast as well. Yeah. Is open air, air theology, open air theology, which open is air a podcast. Theology. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of basically like this one. We just go usually on Thursday nights uh, or, you know, but, but we just go live and uh, whatever happens, happens. And, and, and sometimes we get on there and debate. Sometimes uh, we debate one another. Uh, we bring other people in or we just, you know, have a topic and we just we, we just go at it. And you, you and I talked about maybe just joining those two so we could just have a free for all and see what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up as a, I'm an ex game banger, right? I mean, yeah. I've, been, I've been shot at twice and. Like I'm, I'm not scared of keyboard warriors or people that say bad things about me. So. Yeah, I mean, and and I will encourage folks. You know, I had you on my Rap Report podcast. So if, if you go back in my Rap Report, go to rapreport.org, and just do a search for Jeffrey Rice. Um, you have an amazing testimony. Your background. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I was sharing that with my bride this evening. Um, just all that you went through and what Christ has done in your life. And it's such a huge testimony to Christ, what, what he's done. So I don't, I don't know if you want to give just a, a, a 30 second high level of, of it. You already mentioned you're a gangbanger and been shot at. Yeah. Couple, but there's yeah, more. I mean, I mean, just, uh, you know, I had a pretty, uh, you know, very poor childhood. We moved, you know, those, you know, one year I switched schools six different times. I mean, we just moved around. So I never really had any, you know, a, a good stable place. Uh, kidnapped and molested when i was eight uh, 14 got robbed at gunpoint beat up pretty bad joined a gang uh within a year or so i was leading it and um you know again you know, you know sh gun playing shooting at people people shooting at me 2001 uh, the plane hits the towers that was the day i picked up a bible started reading it Oh, and wow. uh, and, I, and then my, my salvation, uh, I heard uh, Ray Comfort open air preaching, saw myself naked before the Lord and threw myself on his mercy. Amen, brother. Yeah. So back, backstage, some of the chat going backstage, I don't know if you're seeing this, Jeff, but they're, they're all commenting. But uh, Ethan said uh, he's backstage. He said it was a great episode. I heard it five times. But then uh, Drew is saying, uh, Ethan, it, it would have been funny if Jeff told Andrew to teach on the 70 weeks fulfilled in Christ. <laughs> I know where to put Andrew, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'd be happy to talk about the 70 weeks, but I just don't think it's going to be the same conclusion you have. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little different. So hey, Chris, Jeff, I am a, oh. I am a, you know, I, a partial preterist, and I'm probably the most preterist all male there is to date. So <clears throat> that's awesome, Jeff. I just, uh, yeah, and everybody, for everybody listening, if uh, if you guys aren't familiar with with Jeff and his work, uh, Je Jeff's the real deal. Name of the game as far as rebinders right now, um, and uh, Je Jeff will always be sacrificial and help you out before he's concerned about sordid game we'll just put it that way that, that that's the reputation he has within the, the the bible community so jeff i love you man and i'm, I'm thankful for you brother and thankful you for too, what man. you do man thank you one of our other podcasters at the christian podcast community Stephen do is saying drew vanita starting trouble usually <laughs> trying, i do you know, and, and I, I, you know, I almost wondered with both your podcasts, Doctrine Matters, Matter of Theology, do one of you guys like try to copy off the other? I, I don't know. 
Nope. <laughs> we, we didn't anyway. And I don't think yeah, so I, let, go ahead. Let me let me get to some of the questions that came up throughout the show earlier. There's some that might be have some interesting. So uh this this is the first one that came up. Uh, uh Mr. Justin Peters Ministries <laughs> asked the question: Will will that cure cerebral palsy? Asking for a friend. This was earlier in the discussion. <laughs> um so yeah, I think he's asking for a friend. That friend might be uh, Ed Romine. That's it. That's his friend that he's asking for. Uh, and actually, let me let me give this. I, I know he didn't. I didn't get a chance to talk to him personally yet today, but I, I will ask you all to lift up uh, brother Ed Romine. He's a, a pastor out in Utah. He's been on this show actually on you know I think a week or two two weeks ago, uh, but his mother just passed away today. So um, be praying for for his family. Pray that uh, I don't know the state of his mother, whether she was saved or not. Um, but just be praying for the family that he would be a strong testimony. Um, so the, the the a couple questions that came in for Drew. I guess Drew, you you really sparked this guy who goes by brother John Elving. Uh, so I don't know if you know who that is. No clue. Okay. So he says, uh, Drew Vanita question. And I, hashtag Drew Vanita question. Yeah, hashtag Drew, your Drew hashtag. question. Hashtag. Yeah, because he did that each time. Hashtag Drew Vanita. Um, and and so it, I'm going to try to do this for the audio because they can't read what it says, but it's, it's for knowledge, but it's for knowledge awareness, but it's for dash N O, uh, sorry, K N O W L dash, and then edge awareness. awareness. So I'm not sure why the, the but for knowledge awareness of something before it happens or exists in the dictionary. That's However, you, your definition of foreknowledge is different. Yeah. So actually my, my definition of foreknowledge is wrapped into, or that definition of foreknowledge is wrapped into my definition of foreknowledge. But what I said about foreknowledge didn't originate with me. That goes all the way back to the Puritans. And yep. then before that, when you're speaking about God in relational terms um, and how, how people like the Puritans draw that out, that doesn't, that's not something I invented or created. So, because otherwise you have, if like, and that's why I use uh, the golden chain of redemption as an example, because you have foreknowledge and predestining in the same sentence. So yeah. what is the basis of predestining? It's foreknowledge, but uh, you're also, if you, if you don't distinguish foreknowledge from say omniscience, well, then you run the risk of, of saying the same thing in like multiple times right after another. Well, it, it's because of God's foreknowledge and omniscience and, and his all knowingness. Well, you're just, now you're trying to say the same thing. It doesn't work. So, <clears throat> so either, either it is the same word or it's a different word in our misunderstanding and we're misunderstanding what's meant by foreknowledge. But that definition, the dictionary definition, is wrapped into the relational definition that I gave. Because there has to be a, a, a foreseeing of something that God, a foreknowledge of God that, that he's doing in that. And it's the relational first that moves into the action of what God does or his awareness of what he's doing. And I, right. guess I, I, I guess I see here, he, he, he then looks like he, um, oh, no, wait, sorry. It, it looks like I clicked the wrong one here. It looks like, uh, oh, there we go. Hefe is saying context and scripture is everything. Too bad he didn't uh, use it. Yeah. And then he, he before hey, that, he said the uh, for foreknowledge is different in the, in the context of scripture. And, and that's the whole point that you're making 
is that, and you know, like when we talk about foreknowledge with God, it cannot mean the same thing as foreknowledge means with human beings, right. because we are finite, we're bound by time, and we learn things. We're not all knowing. So if you have a God that has to be bound by a definition that works for humans, he's he's either not using it in a in the same way, or he has a different meaning. So it's either it is one of two. He's either using this in a relational sense that he has a pre-relationship where again, he's trying to say he being a being outside of time and all knowing that he can know us personally, relationally, that's one option. Mm -hmm. Or another option is this, that he's saying that he knew us before we existed to say we had nothing to do with our salvation, which is exactly what he is saying when he talks about predestination, he talks mm -hmm. about being elect before the foundation of the world. All of these are God's baby talk to you and I, mm -hmm. because we are not infinite in our knowledge like him. But John does give another hashtag for you, Drew. Hashtag, I don't know if this is a new hashtag. Maybe we can make this a trend, Chris. <laughs> I like you it. Know, hashtag Drew Vanita. <laughs> Uh, your definition of foreknowledge makes God fake. Foreknowledge takes away from God's omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence. Now, how? It, how? It doesn't. I, I wish John would come in because I'm because going like. Because they're different terms. Explain they, to me using scripture. Explain to me using scripture how God's foreknowledge and biblically prognosis, prog, right? That, that's what it is in, in the Bible. Pre-arrangement, his sovereign pre-arrangement of all things, but especially salvation. Show me biblically where that makes God fake and, and yeah. takes any of uh, God's attributes away from him. That's, come on. Man. Okay, so. Maybe, I mean, maybe you need to break it down in a layman's term. Um, you know, big words can run people <laughs> off. Uh, you know. <laughs> How is it that God has knowledge? Like that's, I mean, that's the question. How is it that God knows what he knows, right? That was the, that was the question that Drew asked of yeah. Hefe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would say it's the same way when it comes to a book. So like, so here's a little New Testament that I'm going to rebound, rebound for when I do street, I mean, uh, door knocking, keep my back pocket. But let's say it's a, it's a book and you and there's three ways to know what's in this book. I can read it word for word, page for page. All right. Or I can begin to read it, get frustrated. And then I mm. skip to the back of the book to see how it's going to end. And then I can start back at the beginning and my frustration is released. And then I can breeze my way through the book, knowing what's going to happen as I'm reading it. Or I can be the author of the book. Right. And what I just described is open theism, Arminianism yep. and yep. Calvinism. Yes, sir. And we're saying that God knows what's going to happen because he is the author of eternity. It's right. going, what's going to happen. How, how does he know what's going to happen? Because he wrote the book. He has preordained all things that come to pass. He does not read word for word to see what's he, like. You know, he doesn't know what's going to happen until it happens. Open theism. He doesn't get frustrated because he doesn't know and looks in the tunnels of time to see how everything's going to happen. And then with ease, govern everything after that. He wrote the book. He's the author. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and to me, that's just a simple way for people that, you know, that they need it broken down. God knows what's going to happen because he wrote the book. I like that. That's how he has the knowledge. Yeah, I like that. It's a good one. So, so John had, had said this. So this is good. He says, uh, he said, yes, Thank you, Andrew. Very, very good. 
I now understand Drew blew me blew off the question. Thanks. I don't think Drew blew off the question. I didn't put it up. <laughs> <laughs> so he might not have seen it. And and this, you know, this might be a good thing to just point out. Like folks may not realize, and I know Drew, you see what goes on. But when when you're hosting a show like this, I'm seeing all the comments like that you could see, Drew. Mm -hmm. And then there's the private chat that goes on. But we're having to like look at them as they fly past with all the comments and mark them mm -hmm. to try to bring them up later. So, it, it, you know, it's not that we blow off questions. We might miss them. I have done that plenty of times. It's hard when when I'm trying to speak and look into the cameras, make sure my voice is being picked up by the mic, and then be looking at the, the questions and things going on. Yeah, and plus, if miss you was looking for me to answer that in the chat, like I'm here, and so I can't be like on yeah, the chat. Right, and, right. And certain certain questions. I mean, this is why we encourage people to come in. I mean, we're here every week, and we encourage you to come in because some of these questions. I mean, with like like Hefe, for example. To try to answer that in chat, you know, you guys, you could see we were we were talking past each other. He wasn't, he's, he is responding to what he thinks Calvinism is and then what he's attributing to us believing when we're saying we don't believe that. And then he still argues that's what we believe. Right. It, that That's hard to do when you're doing it in, in text form. Well, the if thing it, that was really clear, especially when he's, he put up that comment about context. Okay, well, let's talk about context because we were talking about passages dealing with soteriology and he kept running to passages dealing with sanctification yes. so so they're not the same he we're still saying is. one thing and he's saying another trying to disprove what we're saying but they're not the same context that's why you don't proof text okay well, just and, so and i'm so on the same level so i know that that andrew is not reformed theology correct andrew well, is it, depending how you define it, but right? to the strict sense, kind of like strict uh, sense, no, because like I covenant, I, I, the, because like, I like, hold, like I, I would say, reformed theology is covenant theology. Yeah, because I I wouldn't hold to a confession. Correct. Uh, what, what, what about you two guys? Yes, yes, I hold to the sixteen eighty nine. I'm 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 kind of in the place that Andrew is, and in the, in the fact that uh, I mean I I'll, I'll hold to portions of the Westminster 1689 Belgic Confession. Um, so there are confessions and creeds that I do hold to, but there isn't one in particular. Okay. Jeff, you'll you'll think this is funny. I was talking to Darren Stid a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about just famous pastors and stuff, and I, and I made the comment. I said, "Are you actually reformed if you don't hold to a confession?" And it was just this real funny joke okay, we, we had between us. We, yeah. we got See, someone that I, wants. I, I would hold say, on, Jeff. We got we have someone that wants okay. representation here. So, all right, e e Ethan wants to make sure he's represented here. So, uh, go ahead. You want to explain the false view? I mean, the the view you have. Oh, I was just <laughs> saying, New Covenant theology is the right theology. Oh Lord, help him. <laughs> <laughs> So now we got the full gamut covered, right? Yeah. I, I'm a 1689 Federalist. So just to throw myself out there. Okay. So so let me, let me put up some – so Hefe is saying this. This is kind of interesting. He's saying it's not hard to understand Calvinists. Then he says Calvinists always say you don't understand our doctrine. Okay, that's your opinion. Then he, then he says um, – he said, I hold two, two of the five points of Calvinism. No such thing. And then he said, "How's yeah, exactly. Calvinists they don't hold to Calvinism? Okay, how's yeah. Calvinists not believe everything Calvin Calvin said? Well, because they, they, now I want I want to point this out. One, he says all Calvinists say this, but he's telling us what we believed. We told him we don't believe it, and then later he said that that's what all Calvinists believe. 
The interesting thing is he says, how does, how does a Calvinist not believe everything Calvin said? Because no Calvinist believed TULIP in the time of Calvin. It didn't exist because it wasn't a thing that came out of Calvin. For historical, let's let, I mean, we, we, so when people say this, you realize they haven't actually done the research. So Calvin right. had some teachings. His followers kind of took logical conclusions, not biblical conclusions, and went beyond and started teaching things further down the road. You have a guy, James Arminius, who comes along and, and R.C. Sproul does an excellent job in his book. I think it's Free, free, uh, free to Believe or, uh, oh, I forget the, the title of his book, but he's got a book on, on free will issue where he goes through each group. And he talks about the fact that James Arminius was actually in line with Calvin. He was responding to all the people that took what Calvin taught and went too far the one way. So he tried bringing people back to Calvin, but his followers took what he said and kept going the other way. And so they put out five points that the five points of Calvin was responding to. Therefore, yes. there was nobody that would have called themselves a Calvinist in the way that Hefe is referring to it during Calvin's time, during Arminius's time, because they first had to have Arminius's followers to put out five points to be responded to. So right. it, it displays when you make a comment like that, Hefe, that you I, I'm not, I don't mean to be mean or to, to sound um, disingenuous or, or, or belittling. It just it means you haven't done your homework. The fact that we, we are trying to talk with you and and explain things and you weren't listening and, and you, he made the point he likes to debate. And, and that may be the issue. It may be that he's looking to win a debate. And we're looking to teach. And maybe it's that we have two different purposes here. There's we a difference to... between debating and wrangling or disputing about words and not willing, not, not being teachable. There, there, there's a massive difference. <clears throat> Calvin would not want to be called, would not want the theology he believed in to be called Calvinism. That's he right. didn't want his own name on his tombstone right. for crying out loud. So, I mean, this just goes to show that the point here, <clears throat> FA's point here is to win an argument. And, and and to wrangle about words, which Paul said in Second Timothy 2 is useless. So, I mean. Yeah. So, so Hefe has said, actually, Calvin took his doctrine from Augustine. That's right. And Augustine took it from Paul. And Paul took it from Jesus. So, so what you're saying, the closer we get back. Right. In, right. Yeah. Uh, so John, John is saying this. Brother John Elving says this. Uh, I have been listening to Andrew and striving for eternity for a year learned lots most of the time i don't understand because you use big words i'm learning the fancy words thank you <laughs> see that's why we need jeffrey rice on here because he just said hey let's make this simple guys <laughs> that's, that's what i'm saying when you were when you were talking to i believe it was hefe i'm over here thinking tag me in i got this guy <laughs> well that's what the private chat I'll is be his huckleberry <laughs> <laughs> uh so we have someone that says so we got uh the book from sprawl that i was referring to uh Willing to believe mm -hmm. the controversy over free will. So that's the the one. It, now, I, I will say that uh, I think Sproul did an excellent job in that, except for the last chapter when he dealt with dispensationalists. I'm not saying that because I'm a dispensationalist. Um, and, and I think if you look at it, you know, go read that chapter. You'll see in the beginning of that chapter, he says, I mean, dispensationalism all over the map. And so he said he wasn't going to pick on the, the extremes in describing what dispensationalists believe, but focus in on the mainstream. And he, he you know, he's going to focus on those that were teaching it. But but then what he ended up doing is you'll see when he makes his points, he ends up going to the extremes. He, he would go to the people that 
weren't teaching dispensationalism, Billy Graham or people like that. And they, they wouldn't be folks we would look to within dispensationalism to make, to make the argument. So uh, that, that's why I, that, that was the only chapter I kind of thought was bad. And it's not because I hold to the view, but um, a couple of the questions we have, I'll throw this out to each of each of you guys here as we start wrapping up. Uh, what, so Kathleen says, what is the best Bible to read? There's so many out there. So I'll start with I'll start with uh, our, our resident Bible man here, uh, Jeffrey Rice, who gets to handle Bibles every day. What do you think is the best translation to read? Well, I mean, there's a lot of good translations. The ESV is a phenomenal translation. The NKJV is a phenomenal translation. But to me, the best translation is the LSB, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just hands down. I mean, like, you know, whenever I, you know, as a pastor, I work with the original languages. Um, I can read something in my LSB, go to the Greek, and the word that the Greek uses, my LSB uses. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a phenomenal translation. Um, again, I don't... I, I love the ESV. I read the ESV for 10 years. Uh, I still have ESVs. I have, I got, I got every translation you can think of. Okay? <laughs> uh, and I use them, right? Uh, uh, there's a, uh, the complete Jewish study Bible. Like I, I love that translation. So whenever I want to go to something that's more easier to read, I don't like the, uh, I don't like the, uh, the, 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 the new living translation, um, I think it it's good in the, the New Testament, the Old Testament, not so good. But the so if I want something easy to read uh, to help me with my study, I'll I'll go to the complete Jewish translation. Um, but my study, my read time right now as we speak is the LSB. Chris, it looked like you were in agreement. Absolutely, hands down. Okay. Um, the I mean, literal word for word, um, you know, translated, taking the ninety, the NASB ninety five was the foundation text, and yeah. The translation team uh, said we want to make it consistent throughout. We want to make it as as close to the original languages. And here's the key in context with authorial intent as possible. Um, and they have done that and and succeeded um, at it, in my opinion. And I love seeing all the comments LSB or NASB 95. Absolutely. Yeah. Th those are my those are my one and two in the, in that order. Um, I, I like Jeff read the ESV for years um, and, uh, and and continue to reference from it. Uh, uh, sometimes I will say I'll, I'll throw a word of caution out there, um, may step on some toes here, but be careful with Crossway right now. Crossway <laughs> Publishing has um, they have partnered with uh, the Roman Catholic Church in India and have released the licensing from to, uh, to the ESV to the Roman Catholic Church in India so that they could add the Apocrypha, so that they could add um, additional books uh, of the Bible and Roman Catholic literature to the Bible. Um, and they doing, they're doing that very, very quietly. So I will give you that information and well, say, yeah, thanks. It, I, didn't, you I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and they, they, they've responded. You can reach out to them. They'll tell you that that's what they've done. If you reach out to them, they haven't made it public for, for obvious reasons. Um, so, but the ESV translation in and of itself is great. It's phenomenal. Okay. Drew. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my question would be, you know, translation best to read, you know, for what purpose, you know, um, for study or, or for what, because I use several different translations. Um, I will agree that probably the gold standard now is in terms of, uh, word for word is the LSB because it does have the NASB as the base <clears throat> text and it cleans up some of the things that, 
that the NASB yeah. um, is a little sloppy on. Yep. But as far as say like readability, if you want a good just re reading Bible readability, the ESV is phenomenal. So in our family time, uh, family devotional time, I'll use the ESV because that's what my wife has and it's easier for her to follow along. Um, so the readability is really good. But in my study time, I have my NASB. I've got my LSB. I've got a Holman Christian standard up there um, just so I can pull. Ooh, yeah, I forgot about that. What, what I said the Holman Christian. That's right. There's a difference. Yep. There's Not, a difference. The Holman's yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was going to mention it. Yeah. yeah. So, the, the only reason why I didn't mention it is because you can't get them any longer. That's right. So, yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. So, so for study, I have several different things that I use. Um, but, you know, for family time, we use the ESV just for the readability of it. And then when I preach, I'll preach because I don't have a, uh, a nice premium LSB at the moment. Like Chris. I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Me too. Um, <clears throat> I, I use my my preacher's handy size, which is the NASB 95. All right, Ethan. Yeah, so I actually, I have LSB that I just held up. That's goat skin leather, by the way. Um, but, but was but, it rebound by, you know, by Jeff? No, I'm a broke college student. I cannot afford that. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to brag, but there is a difference. <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference but it's good goat scan so yeah so i use the esv for the most part but i, I also like the nasb 95 um i just haven't really got on board with the lsb just i find it very hard to read and i'm just not used to it i i mean when you have been reading the bible for a while and have while and have a bunch of verses memorized it's hard to like switch translations because i feel like yep. it's a worded completely different than a lot of other translations yeah well let me we got someone backstage that popped out and popped back in i think he popped in for this discussion the one and only kofi, kofi. <laughs> i don't know about being the one and only kofi um a few million Ghanaians might disagree you're, look, you're the only one that can come on here or go basically go anywhere in america ministry wise and everyone just knows you as Kofi, what translation do you use? Um, so, yeah, I'm the black sheep who uses the Christian Standard Bible. Hey, 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 um, no one brought up color here. No, hey, ha, 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 very funny. <laughs> no, I use the CSB, but I mean, in my sermon prep each week, I'm in the original languages. That's what I do. But, you know, yeah, and that's I do my work primarily, so... Um, for me, I just like the CSB. It's a nice readable translation. When I've done my translation work, I've often found it to be very close, especially in the New Testament. I found it to be very accurate in terms of its translations choices. So I like it. Um, not everyone around me likes it necessarily. Um, I'm surrounded mostly by ESV folks in my life, but um, well, a few NAS folks here as well. But um, I like the CSB. I do like the NAS. Um, I do reference it a lot in my study. I do like the LSB. Um, I just got the nice uh, inside column reference. That That's a very nice Bible. Um, they did a very good job on that. I like references in my Bible, so I've been kind of waiting till that came out. And I, I really like the job they did on that. So um, I, meant to, I meant to throw this out, but um, I forgot. This is the Net Bible as well. Yeah, like don't, don't, don't throw it out. Just give it to me. <laughs> the, the, the I do net, like the Net Bible. Like the yeah. Net Bible. Because it's because Dan Wallace is the general editor on it, and Dan Wallace is big textual critical uh, scholar, and so 
the benefit is all of the notes that are in there from textual critical yeah. scholars. So you can get lost in the notes. Yes. Yeah. So, so my, my answer to the question was, what's the best translation would be the Greek and the Hebrew. <laughs> but since we don't <laughs> know that, or if you don't know that, um, I would say this, my favorite is the Holman Christian standard. And as we already said, uh, because it, it because it's sound like Jess said, when I do my own translation, when I prepare messages, the Holman always came up with what I would end up doing when I did my own translation. It's also the only one that will translate for clarity. That's why they ended up getting away from the Holman and making the Christian standard Bible is it was a little bit too clear by translating the word for that we'd have for tongues as languages. And it made it clear the word for slave was translated properly. Uh, one of the things that I, I pitched when I really wanted when the LSB was coming out, I said, Hey, translate tongues as languages, translate deacons as servants, translate baptize as dip or plunge. And we have a whole lot of theology that's solved that was created because when they were translating it, they didn't believe those things. Right. So we, we could solve a lot of things. So, um, but I think that the, the, I like the home in the best, but I don't preach from it because nobody really has that. Uh, when I was preaching every week, uh, at the churches that I planted, uh, I had a, a Jeffrey Rice new American standard Bible that I preached from that I loved to hold in my hand as I was preaching with nice, large print. Uh, but, um, when I usually travel and preach, I preach out of the ESV just because that's what most people have. Um, but, uh, and I haven't been working with the LSB long enough to, well, well to at my church, the pew Bibles are LSB. So there you go. See now that's, that's <laughs> the whole thing is like with, with the, when I planted the, the churches, I was able to say, okay, we're everyone like, this is, this is the pew Bible. This was the, what was preached out of. So, um, okay. A quick question. It looks like, oh, I should bring this up first. Uh, as we were talking about Bibles, uh, Hefe said word for word KJV. Um, now granted afterwards, he said American standard, which I was going to ask him if he's a KJV only because, um, I, I, I kind of wondered that, but KJV and American standard are probably two of the different text traditions. Yeah. Um, the, they're, they're really, they're not great Greek manuscripts to be working off of. Um, it's, you know, King James was what they had at the time. All right. So a, a quick questions. These are both for Jeff. We're, we want to try to close out the show, but um, I just want to make sure we get them. So has Jeff used the TLV? Yeah. The, uh, the, the tree of life version. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard to trick me on trip me off my Bible. Yeah, I I, I really like it. Uh, it's it's uh, so if I'm not looking for study notes or anything, um, I think I think the that's a wonderful Bible. I mean, it really helps you. It helps you with the uh, the Hebrew, you know, to learn how to say the Rahu Hakadish, speaking of the Holy Spirit, and you know, like and and it really brings out, you know, like. Like when I read it the first time, I, I I realized that James and Jacob is the same name. So just yeah. <laughs> so and I should have so, mentioned. And then I had a cousin that named his two sons James and Jacob, and I was like, oh. <laughs> not <same> realizing. <laughs> I, I did mean to mention Drew. You brought up the the NET. So the NET for people don't know, New English translation was actually an online translation. 
the, that's the, 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 you're right. Is Dan Wallace, who's got the background textual criticism. So what he's trying to do is get back to the original as best as, and so I love that, that the notes in there are very helpful because it tells you why they chose the words they chose. That's what makes it so helpful. Um, but it was actually de debated and, and put out there online. And that's why it was the, the, it was, you know, the net Bible because it was on the net, but, uh, Here's a quick question for you, Jeff. Uh, question for Jeff: If binding, if a binding falls apart, what kind of glue should we use? And any tips on how to apply it? Uh, hold on one second. Okay. While he's while he's running to get to show us something, someone is asking for pillow time because we went a whole time without mentioning a word from our sponsor. Oh, we're in time now. <laughs> so. We, we, this show Sorry is about sponsored. That. The show is sponsored by My Pillow. So if you would want to get yourself a wonderful pillow and and uh, good, actually here I'll grab something here. This is this is a, a travel pillow that we just got. Now here's the thing with this travel pillow, is you you can put this on top of a regular pillow, but you can roll this up really really small and it has this nice little cover. So this is what the My Pillow is now referring to as a a roll and go a roll and go pillow and so you tuck the pillow and just do this you tuck it into here and now the microphone it becomes a really small pillow to have to carry with you so that's really cool when you're traveling um so that's my that's my wife's side that she travels with uh, i have the full size that i travel with but they have a new pillowcase that i do the same thing it just takes up more space so if you want to get yourself a great pillow go to mypillow.com and put in the promo code, the coupon code SFE to get yourself a great pillow. Now back to you, Jeff. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's basically, it's, it's PVA glue, but if you're looking for one that's uh, at a good price, it's, it's P pH natural PVA, pH natural PVA. And so that's the one that you can get off of Amazon and depending on how, bad the rip is like if it's a, a, a thin rip you can just take a, a little bit put it on a piece of paper and take a toothpick dip the toothpick in it and run across the edges i mean in the paper and, and it's what's called tabbing it in so you, you know it, it doesn't take a lot you just run it down that that crack and and shut it up put a book on top of it but if it's really bad you can go to a hobby <laughs> lobby get a small paintbrush and uh, you know a little goes a long way. You don't need a whole lot. All right. Well, thank you. We got one last question I got to bring up because this is someone who's a member on YouTube. So uh, this is Jason Cave. He says, talking to a post-tribber early, earlier, earlier uh, he explained the black horse being the plague, the white horse being America, uh, red being Russia. Have you heard of this explanation? No, I have not. And it sounds like just stay away from that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, sorry, Jason. I have not heard that, but it just goes to show that anyone can make anything. I, I, I guess what they're trying to do is, oh, red is Russia. Yeah, because that's their colors. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, well, I remember when red was China. Yeah, red was so, China. You know, mean, it's you for know, communism. But, yeah. but uh, the reality is um, you're not going to find America in the Bible because you know why? It ain't there. So <laughs> is it because those passages have already happened? Um, no, no, there's some that haven't <laughs> happened yet. And America's still not there. <laughs> All right. So, so real quick, we'll end with this is check out uh, the open air theology conference. Uh, 
that's coming up soon. That's going to be in February. Go to Eventbrite and search for Open Air Theology Conference. Make sure that you're there. Um, it'll probably be the only conference in America that Kofi will miss this year uh, because he seems to just go to every conference that's out there. That is uh, so not true, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does that mean that you're going to be there? Is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> no, I won't be, unfortunately, but I don't go to everything either. <laughs> hey, Jeff, I tried. I tried, you know. You know, it's just not going to be a conference without Kofi. So I know. Is it even a conference if Kofi doesn't? doesn't yes, show? yes, kind of like you know, if a, if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, does it, does it make a sound? Well, uh, so so <laughs> we, need have, we need to have like a a uh, you know GoFundMe campaign to get Kofi to the conference. You know, just <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but the conference yeah. is going to be good. I, I'm going to speak on two different messages. I'm going to be talking about the the. the uh, the, the, the two signs of the covenant, because again, I'm, I hold a covenant theology, one being how circumcision is fulfilled in Christ. And then the other sign, the new covenant sign is baptism begins with Christ. And then I'm also going to be looking at how uh, justification from the law to faith. And again, you need to be there because the justification from the law is not salvific. And so this is where a lot of people get it twisted from the old covenant, but the only justification from the new covenant is salvific. And so we're going to see how, how Christ, how, how the law uh, finds its fulfillment in Christ and how faith finds its beginning in Christ. So it's two messages, but if they allow me two hours to speak, I could do both in one message, but it, it is, so it is day. your conference, right? <laughs> it is, it is. But uh, you know, uh, if they allow you to speak, go back to back. I mean, just listen. It's just, just keeping people's attention for two hours. I mean, you know. Well, you, I, could, I, I, you I, could. I tell just... people all the time: if you're looking for a church where the pastor dresses really nice and he's very, very has eloquent, like this is not the church for you. <laughs> but if you're looking for a church where you don't mind the pastor twitching and stuttering, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey guys, I appreciate you guys coming in, and. Uh, Someone asked if Kofi was going to be at Shepherd's Conference. Yeah, of course. He's making that one. Oh, and, I'm always uh, at Shepherd's Conference. You know that. Yeah. Well, all except for one year. I'll see you year, there, buddy. But uh, we'll, we'll get to see everyone there. I hope, uh, hope Jeff will make it out to that. But uh, and, and Ethan's going to have to eventually make it out there. But uh, I'll be at G3, I think, this year. Okay. I don't know if I will make it out this year. Yeah, yeah, they raised the prices up on the booth. And, man, I'll tell you what. I've lost a lot of business. Because there's just so many rebinders now, and uh, I I can't afford to get out there because we, we don't have as much work. Mm. So yeah, no, I know it's it's it is not cheap to get a booth. Yeah, there. when I started rebinding, there was like five or six people saw my popularity, and now everyone and their mama's rebinding. So yeah, I yeah. see it all over the place. Yeah, but no one does it as good as you, Jeff. That's the mm -hmm. thing. I so. challenge anyone to a bind off. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what we need. That yeah, no, just want to see okay, a bind look, Yeah, look, yeah. Andrew, Andrew, and Kofi. This is what we need. We need to get with Brandon, and we need instead of having a debate, a pre-conference debate for Cruciform Conference, we need to have a bind off. I like this idea and give away the Bibles after. Yeah, I, that. Well, I was thinking that the question is, how do we? We'll figure out who gets the the winning Bible or in the second second the runner up but you'll figure something out but i like that idea do a do, you know like we, we you know because it takes a while to bind a, but you know we start at the beginning i can make a cover in an hour and 14 minutes 
there it is. Well, all right, there you go. Okay. Yeah, because you know, if if we let Brandon preach, you'd be done before he's done preaching. Yeah, it, it used to take me eight hours, but I got it down <laughs> to a science. <laughs> well, here's the thing: um, you you wouldn't you'd have to bring all your equipment. Now, now uh, look at this. Wait, hold it. Anthony Silvestro has the winner. He's already figured out the winner. If we have this, he says. Chris Honholds will win them all. That's true. You know, that's right. So we can't let Chris go. <laughs> we haven't seen Chris in tonight. So <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. Thanks, guys, for coming in. I hope to see everyone at the Open Air Theology Conference. And we'll be next week. So next week, John Harris from uh, Conversation That Matter will be on. We're going to be discussing Tim Keller. He is loved by many and yet well i'm gonna get myself in trouble and say there's some things you should be concerned about so Andrew, real quick real quick do you own a bulletproof vest <laughs> uh i will plead the fifth on that okay i'm just saying that for your safety if you're gonna talk about <laughs> tim keller you are definitely gonna want to wear that bulletproof vest. oh it's i've like already more fans so it worse I, I've already experienced this and I already have had people that have found out that this is what we're going to talk about next week and they have already started. Oh, boy. Uh, and I just go, well, then just come with open ears. Uh, so we'll see. All right. Well, until next week, just remember to strive to make today an eternal day for the glory of God. And we'll see you next week. Bye now.